Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Today, I want to talk to you about life's crossroads. In the famous story, Alice in Wonderland, Alice comes to a fork in the road. There she meets the Cheshire cat and asks the cat, which way should I go from here? Well, that depends, replied the cat, on where you want to go. She said, well, I'm not really sure. He said, well, then it doesn't matter which way you take. But she said, in explanation, as long as it goes somewhere. He said, well, it's sure to take you somewhere if you keep going. Life consists of strategic crossroads. A crossroads is the intersecting point of two roads. It is a point where a crucial decision has to be made that has far-reaching consequences. Life consists of strategic intersecting points, decisions that we have to make as to which way we will go. When you make that decision, it puts you on a direction, and that direction takes you to a destination. So life consists of decisions that result in a direction that ultimately conclude with a destination or a destiny. So a person's life is about major decisions, that take them to the direction that ultimately take them to their destiny. Getting married is a strategic crossroads. When a young couple decides they're going to have children and step into the world of being a parent, that becomes a major crossroads of life of learning to become a parent. A couple told me recently, we don't know what to do. And I said, join the club. None of us know what to do. It's called parenting. Making financial investments. Where to invest, what to invest major life decisions, where to go to college, choosing a career path, changing careers when times and markets change, relocating, deciding where to live, where to work, major crossroads. And the most important crossroads is Christ himself when you come to the crossroads and have the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Savior and take him as the road of life, who is the way, the truth, and the life. God speaks to us in his word about how to navigate crossroads. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 6, the Lord speaks to the prophet Isaiah, a timeless word to all of us. When God says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, for the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. When this word came to ancient Israel, they were at a spiritual crossroads. Were they going to go the way of the idols of the day, or were they going to serve the Lord? And even in this great nation, we find ourselves at a spiritual crossroads, a nation that was birthed on the foundation of Judeo-Christian ethics and principles and morals, a nation that prided itself on freedom and progress and individuality, and yet it finds itself standing at a crossroads. Where will it go? What God will we worship? What will be our core belief and value? And Israel is at the same type of crossroads, but it's true for every person. We all come to these crossroads, and God's word speaks to us, and the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. 
Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. You will find rest for your souls. And that phrase, rest for your souls, means you'll find the peace of God in your life. So many people are so restless today. You'll find peace. You'll also find the provision of God. You'll find the prosperity of God, the peace, the shalom, the wholeness of God. You'll also find God's purpose and will for your life. Walk in that road, God says. Find that road, walk that road, stay on that road. We can all look back at strategic crossroads in our lives and we are, we're glad we made certain decisions. I'm glad that I decided to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior when I was young. He has been faithful to me and what a blessing to know that I chose the right road when other options were there and philosophies and religions have come. I've continued to travel the road of Christ. I'm glad I made that decision at that crossroads. I'm glad I married Barbie. I'm glad I asked her after meeting her on a blind date. I'm glad it worked out well for us. That was a good decision I made then. It has benefited me in many decisions. There are other decisions I, like you, look back and say, I wish I'd gone a different direction. We're probably looking back at some of the crossroads wishing we had maybe had a little better counsel. We hear about a guardian angel. We wonder, where is he when you really need him to kind of help you out? I've had people tell me before, why did God let me make that decision? It's like a woman who was shopping at the mall one day and she came out of the door to get in the car. About the time an audible voice said, stop, don't take another step. And she froze in her tracks. By that time, a brick fell off the building and hit the sidewalk right in front of her. Would have struck her had she taken another step Shaken by the incident, she started toward her car and she started to cross the parking lot. The same voice said, stop, don't take another step. By that time, a service truck came speeding by right around the corner, would have run right over her. Trembling in fear, she said to the voice, who are you? The voice said, I'm your guardian angel. I suppose you have some questions for me. She said, you bet I do. Where were you on my wedding day? So the first thing the Lord teaches us about the crossroads of life is to stop and look. Stand at the crossroads and look. And when you don't know what to do, don't do anything. This is one of the greatest lessons of decision-making I've discovered. When you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Stand right there. Stop right there. Pascal said that humanity brings most of its problems on itself by our inability to be still. It's okay to be still. It's okay to wait. It's okay to not know what to do right now. Stop, God says. Stand right there and look. That means carefully consider the roads before you. Carefully consider your options and carefully consider the outcome. Where does the road lead? Great decisions are beyond the moment. They're beyond the impulse. They're beyond the feeling. We ask ourselves, well, if I get on this road and start down it, where does this road go eventually? Proverbs 16, 25 says, there is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end, it leads to death. It seems right. Casually, it appears to be right. Go to a treatment center, sit in a recovery program, and listen to the woes of those who came to the crossroads of alcohol and substances, and it seemed right. Everybody else was doing it. It seemed like a great way to get rid of their pain and to have a good time. But in the end, it leads to death and destruction. And there's so many ways at times that something seems right to all of us. It feels right. Sometimes we're in a romantic relationship. We think this is just the one for me. 
I remember a young man probably in his late 20s that came to me after a Christmas Eve candlelighting service. He said, would you pray for me? He said, my fiance just broke up with me. And I said, well, most people get engaged at Christmas. It's kind of a romantic time. I said, man, she was pretty hardcore to break up with you here at Christmas. Just wounded him, hurt him. But you know, I told him, this might be the best thing for you. God knows what's down the road. It hurts now. But you know, God will intervene in our lives and sometimes keep us off the wrong road. It's very painful. It seemed right. But when your life is in the hand of God, God knows what's down the road. And sometimes it's the best thing for us. It seemed right, but it wasn't right. Jesus talked about these strategic roads and considering where the road goes. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And sometimes you find yourself at the wide gate and everybody's going through it. And young people say, all my friends are doing this. That's what, all, that's what everybody's thinking today and what everybody's doing in my generation. But stop at the gate. Ask yourself, where does the road go? Eventually, Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate that leads to life. Coming home from college one year, my best friend and I decided we weren't going to take the interstate. We were going to explore North Georgia and Tennessee and find an alternate route. We got lost up somewhere, crossing over the Tennessee line into Georgia. Didn't really know where we were out in the middle of nowhere. But we came upon a new highway being built, a large highway. And they had the signs that the road wasn't open yet, but the road looked finished. It didn't have any lines painted on it yet. But it was a really nice road. And it looked like a great opportunity for an adventure of a lifetime. So he said, let's get on it. So he moved some signs out of the way. And we got on that road and we took off. And it was amazing. There were no lines, no lanes, just weaving all over the place. Having the joy ride of our lives. But as we're just cruising along, isn't it? five or six miles, and we noticed in front of us, it looked different. We saw some earth moving equipment and some trucks and some other signs. We started slowing down. Then we got real slow. And then we came to a grinding halt because we couldn't see what was beyond it. So we got out of the car and walked just a little further, and there was a huge ravine where there was a river below it where they were going to build a bridge. But had we not stopped, we'd have gone off into the wild blue yonder. It seemed right. It looked good. It, looked, it was fun for about five miles. I'm glad we didn't take the last few hundred yards. But we didn't know where the road went. And the Lord says, stop and look. Consider where the road goes in your life. What's the ultimate outcome of this decision you're making, this investment you're making, this choice you're making, this relationship you're getting into? And then the Lord says, ask for directions. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. You see, everything that's ancient is not outdated. There are many things that are ancient that are timeless. The things of God are timeless. The ancient path is the the path of the time-tested wisdom. It takes a lot of humility to ask for directions. I don't like to ask for directions. We don't have to. Now we got GPS, but I find that it's wrong sometimes. Have you found that to be true? I went to preach in Savannah to church one Sunday, and I had the directions. My assistant had given me everything, and 
So I was following the GPS of the church, ended up in a neighborhood, pulled up in somebody's driveway. I called her and said, is this a house church? Are they meeting in the living room? She said, no, no, I've seen a picture of the church. You're not right. Well, so I'm doing what I'm being directed to do. It took me forever to find that church. It takes a lot of humility to stop and ask for directions, which way to go. But that's what the Lord says. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. What are the ancient paths? These are the paths of time-tested wisdom. We find those in the Word of God. The Bible gives you the core values, ethics you need for your life, the morals, the principles, greatest principles of success you'll ever find in the world are in the Word of God. The greatest principles of wisdom are embodied in the Scripture. That's why Paul the Apostle reminded Timothy, who was a pastor, that he needed to follow the ancient paths and teach the ancient paths of Scripture. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. He said, Timothy, how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures. From infancy, from childhood, many of us were fortunate to be raised in a home where our parents read the Bible to us. They took us to the house of God where we heard the Scripture. Many young people today don't have the Word of God. They don't have the foundation of faith and morality and ethics and success. They don't have it. They need the ancient paths. That's why we're involved in several public schools. Every day after school, we have the after-school Bible club where kids are coming and hearing the Word of God so that we teach them the ancient paths of the timeless truths of the Word of God. Remember, he said, how from infancy you were raised in a Christian home. Don't throw your faith away. Don't take that for granted. You are the most blessed people who've ever lived to be raised in a Christian home with parents who cared enough to open the Bible, to teach us the Word, to bring us to church. You've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. All Scripture is inspired of God. God breathed, literally, and is useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, the Word of God is not going to answer every little specific detail, but it's going to give you the wisdom you need to answer the big questions in life. He said, you'll be wise in faith in Christ Jesus through the Scriptures. And if you get wisdom, you'll get everything else. You can go get money, but money's going to run out. You can go get success, but times will change. But if you get wisdom, it'll bring everything with it. Have you not read Proverbs 4, 7? Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, gain understanding. And that wisdom is embodied in the word of the living God. As for the ancient paths, where the good way is, that's where the good way is, that's where the good life is, that's where the healthy life is, that's where the hopeful life is. In the word of the living God, I went into a store one day to get something. I got to the counter, and when I got there, all the computers went down. The terminals went down. They said, everything just went down. We can't process the order. And I said, well, I can come back. And the manager walked in. He said, no, I can take care of it. And he reached under the counter, and he pulled up an ancient credit card machine. And he took my card and made me a carbon copy. I said, that's fascinating that you have a machine like that. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I will never get rid of this machine. This machine always works. It's always reliable. When all the technology crashes, this machine always works. And when the philosophies of this generation have seen their day, the Bible, the Word of God, 
will still be the ancient path of timeless truths. It always works. It'll always guide you right. And second of all, ask the anointed people who are on the ancient path. Ask the people who've been down the road before. Godly people, people of faith, men and women of faith, parents, friends, pastors. Ask the anointed people who are on the road. Don't ask people who are lost as you are. I don't know why Christians are looking at the world for advice. The world is lost. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Where to help them get found? Why are you having to choose between Christ and culture? Christ is always the right road. Culture is always the wrong road. Always the wrong road. These things come and go over time. You young people should be confused by changing things in the world. Some things never change. The love of God, faith, hope, and love, they never change. Truth never changes. God never changes. You can have changeless realities in your life in a changing world. Ask the anointing people. See, Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel. Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. The King James translates that Last phrase, there is safety in the multitude of counselors. And when you get good counsel and it agrees with you where you are, and you feel good about it, and you've gotten wise counsel, listen to it. I don't know why we ask for good counsel and then when we get it, we do the opposite. The whole point of going for counsel is to listen to counsel. If I need something medically, I call my doctor. He's a good friend of mine because Barbie likes to play doctor and I'm not asking her. <laughs> and I can trust what he says. And when you get good counsel, listen to it. I had a friend call me one time from high school. He got into a lot of trouble, had a domestic incident, he went to jail for a few days. He called me, can you get me any help? So I called some friends in that county, and I said, I've got a friend in this situation. They said, there's the, here's the guy to get right here. I know him personally, and they told me, and he lives in that county. He knows the judges, knows the DA. He'll be the best. So I got him this lawyer, and they met. And then I got a call from the lawyer one morning. He said, you need to call your friend. I said, what's happening? He said, I've given him a great deal. I have worked out a deal with the district attorney. He's not going to have to do any jail time, just some probation. And I'm thinking, if you don't have to do any jail time, that's a good deal. I've never been in jail and don't want to go. Any day you cannot go to jail is a good deal. And I said, what's wrong with him? He said, he told me he, he doesn't like that deal. He insists of going to court. He wants to tell the judge his side of the story. He said, you need to call him. He's going to be in trouble. So I called him and said, what are you doing? I got you a great lawyer. He's worked out a good, I don't like the deal. He said, I want to go to court. I want to tell the judge my side of the story. I want the judge to know the truth. I said, the judge doesn't care about the truth. The judge is confused. He's going to hear your truth and her truth. He don't know that. He doesn't care about the truth. He's going to be irritated that you didn't take the deal. 
I said, if you don't listen to counsel, you are going to jail. Can I get, it took me 30 minutes. And he only did it because I insisted he was going to go against, and I said that to him, why in the world did you call me to get you good legal counsel and you don't have enough sense to listen to it? What was the point of me getting the counsel? Ask for the ancient paths and ask the anointed people on the ancient paths because there's multitude in the multitude of counselors, there is great safety. And third of all, ask God. It's amazing to me what wisdom can come to us and insight just through prayer. I've benefited so greatly at times of bringing all of my decisions before the Lord and how the Lord has brought me wisdom from all different types of sources, but I was able to hear from God and know the way that I should go in so many major decisions. And I'm sure that you've had this similar experience, but it goes without saying today, we need to pause when we come to these strategic crossroads and ask God. Include God in the equation. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him or her ask God. Who gives generously? First of all, this is something God's looking at giving out generously. Here's the bailout package everybody needs. Not money. We need a bailout package of wisdom. He said, I'll give it to you generously. If you lean to wisdom, God says, I'll give it generously. And then James says, he won't find faults. If you feel like, well, I'm not perfect. I don't have my act together. I can't ask God. Even if you're imperfect like we all are, ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Just get on your knees and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I feel this. I think this. I'm confused. Other people are telling me this. I don't know what to do. Get still before the Lord. It's amazing how the Lord will lead and guide your life if you ask him. There's a great story about Robert Letourneau. He was, he was born in 1888, lived in 1969. He had a company that manufactured earth-moving equipment, these huge trucks and tractors that move earth. Robert Letourneau later founded a Christian university, which is still in Texas today. He held 330 patents on machinery that he had developed with his team. Well, during World War II, he got a call from the federal government and commissioned them to build a machine that could pick up a military plane and move it to another place. A machine like this had never been built or even conceived of. So he got his management team together, started working on this, and they spent days and went over all kinds of engineering designs and had no breakthrough at all. Wednesday, during their meeting, so at the end of the day, he got up and said, well, I've got to leave you with it. I've got to go to church tonight. They said, church, we got a deadline. He said, I've got a deadline with God. He said, I go every Wednesday night to our prayer meeting. I'm going. And he left them with the project, and he went to church, as was his habit. Went to church and sang the songs of the Lord and spent time in prayer. And during that prayer time, he asked God to give them insight into building this machine. And he said on the way home from church, that entire design came into his mind. He went back the next morning, gave the design for the team. They began to perfect it, and they built that machine. Ask for the ancient paths. 
The wisdom you need for the direction in front of you is behind you. Before you go forward, you need to turn around and look back and ask for the ancient path and ask the anointed people on that path and ask God. And in your heart, you will know this is the way to go. And then the Lord says, walk on the right road, which is two great lessons. Get on the right road and stay on the right road. I find that as a pastor, that's basically my job description. I help people get on the right road, introduce them to Jesus, and I pray that all of you know the Savior today, that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. But most of my time is spent helping people stay on the right road. Don't get deceived. Don't get discouraged. Don't take a detour. Keep following Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the life. Put your faith in him and be faithful to him. Get on the right road and stay on the right road. If you get into the right career, stay there. If you get into the right ministry, stay there. When you marry the right person, stay there. Get on the right road and stay on the right road. Walk in it. I love the, the analogy of walking because that's really what our relationship with the Lord is like. Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 says, Enoch walked with God. Don't you love the way that describes his relationship to God? It's not described in cathedrals and stained glass windows and, and rituals. It just says that Enoch walked with God. And God took him, and one day God's going to take us into life eternal. In Isaiah 30, verse 21, God speaks to us as people and says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And if you and I will listen to the voice of God, he'll say, this is the way. Walking in. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. In Ephesians 4 and 1, walk worthy of the calling you have received. In 1 John 1 and 7, if we walk in the light as he, God, is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And he says, you'll find rest for your souls. That means you'll find the peace of God. You're going to find the prosperity of the Lord. You're going to know God's will and walk in God's purpose. People are so restless today, so anxious. But when you begin to walk the right road, you're going to find rest for your souls. If you're on the wrong road, you're going to be restless. But when you're on the right road, you will find rest for your souls. You know, this scripture was fulfilled in Jesus. In fact, he actually quoted this verse in one of his most famous statements that I want to leave with you today. Because when you come to the crossroads, the greatest crossroads you'll ever come to is Christ and the world, Christ and yourself. Choose Christ. Put your faith in Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.